Before we kick this show off, let's hear a word from our sponsors. So it's been a full season for the Under Pressure Outdoors crew in the Hasmore Outdoor Products Silent Seat. And let me tell you, they're worth every penny. And here are some reasons why. Number one, you can't beat the comfort level. Number two, they don't hold in moisture like rain or sweat. Number three, they completely fold out of the way when you stand up, giving you a full range of motion in your climber. And number four, they cut down on your setup and breakdown times dramatically. Don't just take our word for it. Use offer code UPO15 and get 15% off your silent seat and many other U.S.-made accessories for your climber today. You can find Hasmore Outdoor Products on Facebook and hasmore.net. That's H-A-Z-M-O-R-E dot net. And in the link in this podcast description. I'm your host, Will Krebs, and this is the Under Pressure Outdoors Podcast. My, my heart leapt. Like, literally, man, when you told me that local kid won that event i was like good on him about time now is that the like the finale is that the end of the series or is that that's the beginning that the was beginning the, the first tournament yep of the year oh, okay yep so you are officially the money leader uh i mean i guess but i'm more of the, <laughs> the points leaders i'm going for points points yeah. yeah it's all good man how does the point system work uh just ever how you finish um, throughout the year, you want to get in the top five to qualify for the pro circuit. If you get in the top five after the three tournaments, you're in the pro circuit. You top top twenty five goes to I think they're headed to to Missouri to um, I can't even think of the lake right now for the Toyota Series Championship. So that's where if you win one, you automatically are grandfathered in. But yeah, that's that's the goal to go there and then try to make it to the pro circuit. So you want to be in the top five in points or top twenty five in points throughout the year. So you're not going three. Missouri. <clears throat> we got to go through it and cover the dang events still coming yeah. up before we go any further. Because <clears throat> we got a we got a crawfish bowl to talk about. Yes, sir. Yeah, of digging. We got some more than that too. Well, at this at this rate, all you got left is wood duck boxes on yep. the February twenty fifth. We got the wood ducks nesting box project. All right, and then on the oh, and the nesting project is at Hickory Point. Yeah, yep. and then the April twenty first, we have the Ducks Unlimited dinner with UPO, and you can find a link to buy the tickets to sit with UPO uh, on our Facebook page. And then May third through the seventh is our fifth annual Swanee River fishing expedition. That's going to be a good you, one. You I'm can't bring the shiny boat to that one though. Yeah, you use <laughs> no a, sparkly boats on the Swan River. <clears throat> got to use a canoe unless you, you go a, way down south. If on the you Swanee. hit the logs fast enough, you won't see anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it ain't the logs I'd be worried about with those suckers. Yeah, when you're in there, yeah, yeah when your lower unit hits that limestone, <laughs> you're gonna know it. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple spots of quote unquote rapids, but they're just they're Florida rapids. Okay, yeah, 
Hey, those rapids claimed a kayak, okay? Actually, yeah. no, they didn't. Kay- Tristan made it all the way through He the went down through them backwards. And, and then dumped his kayak. <laughs> well, he dumped them before, went through the rapids, and then dumped it again after. And then, uh, so May 20th, we have the crawfish boil that you spoke about. Correct. That thing's turning out to be the Mac Daddy. It's going to be at the Jolly Gator. We had a fella donate a 25 horsepower mud walker. Yeah. Michael Kennedy. Michael Kennedy. Yep. And, uh, Dad Gammon, I just forgot their name. Do you want to talk about On the Fly Jack Plates is donating a jack plate as well. You want to talk about an opportunity, man, for 50 bucks, you could walk away with a mud motor. Yep. Put that on the back of your 12 foot. You'd be running. Well, there's only there's only 200 tickets as well, so it's not like you're you're buying fifty dollars until the day of, everybody's buying tickets until the day of. Once the 200 tickets are sold, that's that, that's it. When they go, they go. When they go, they go. So you can get you got a better your odds are better that way. You could even catch bass out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so that's going to be a good one. I think we already said it's going to be a Jolly Gator. So that's going to be a not only fun that, place but you're when when you finish the dang mud run, you're walking away with a cash prize. Yeah, it's not just you know anything. You you win the well, mud run with the best hand and walk away with cash prize. And it, it, it won't right. be a small one either. And now yeah. we've added a side pot. So for a, your normal buy-in's forty bucks, and that gets you a hand of cards. But for a hundred bucks, you and your compadres in your boat can mix and match your hand to try to come up with the best hand and win that side pot out of the $100 tickets. So there's, there, it's not going to be like you walk away with a few hundred dollars if you win. No, you can walk away with a decent chunk of change. Yeah. You, you can yeah. probably buy a mud motor if, with the winnings if you don't <laughs> win one. Or yeah, even or. a sparkly boot. <laughs> so I don't think you can buy one of those. Maybe an old one. Yeah, I was gonna say you may have to go. You may have to go pick it out of somebody's yard, covered in weeds. I and can then, tell you this: uh, with those winnings, you better buy something with a Johnson on it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if we knew the it's right, going to be that hey, old. Wait, hey, no. If no, we no, knew no. a kid that could catch fish, we might even talk him into taking a winner out. <laughs> you know, R- what? R- raffling off a fishing trip with. <laughs> you familiar with peer pressure? <laughs> yeah. I was in dare. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know what you could get for a boat? Not with, not not the Johnson, but the old Minkota. Push that little boat all day. Yeah, you could do that. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, if you look at the, the old bass boats, you see people drive the old ones. They all had Johnsons on them. Yep, and they haven't made Johnsons. Johnsons been owned Since by like even the 90s. Yeah, I think it was the mid 80s, mid yeah. to late 80s. Is when Johnson quit making motors. Man, you know, uh, on the G3, I think our Johnson was a ninety-five. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome if I could retrofit a Johnson cover over the Yammy Hammer motor stickers. I was gonna say you don't yeah. need to you just, just stickers, stickers and a, yeah, there. stickers and a paint job. That'd be awesome. <laughs> All you gotta do is rattle can it and put Johnson on the side, and then you put it, yeah, make it like a hundred and ten. At and, this time, Johnsons yeah. are all like that putrid kind of yellow co- or whitish yellow, right? It looks not like, like somebody, that. It looks yeah. like somebody painted it with chalk. <laughs> yeah. 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 You imagine if you touch like, it, you probably get chalky on your fingers. 
I didn't even know Johnson made a four stroke. <laughs> <laughs> we can make it to where it smokes a little. Has to be the blue smoke though. Yeah. A little bit blue in there. Yeah. Pour you a little two stroke oil in the gasoline. Yeah. Yeah. It'll still run. <laughs> Just a little smoke. Might lube the top end up a little bit on it. <laughs> be all right. So we are here this week. Uh, I'm your host, Will Cribs. We got Jordan. I'm here. Let's get it. We got Jim. Yes, sir. We got Briar. Oh, yeah. And Kenny Steverson. Yep. The winner of the Harris Chain of Lakes 2023 Toyota Series Tournament. You could call him a true celebrity. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't call myself that. I've been Dude, you him you are the up, biggest yeah. name in Umatilla right now. <laughs> too much. You can't, de- you can't deny that. <laughs> Let me get some swagger, man. You should have been like, that was before the tournament. <laughs> so how long how long have you been uh bass fishing uh long as i can remember really honestly i mean i know that like i remember uh, probably all through like first second third grade stuff like that my dad would take me you had that you know bruce collins collins tire they always did their little tournament every year that was the that was probably what got me into tournament fishing was that little tournament right there. Also, not only have you been bass fishing, but you've been tournament fishing. Yeah, as soon as I got into bass fishing, like I was competitive. I was like, I want to, I want to tournament fish. So, was your your dad that got you into it? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, has he always been a big fisherman too? Yeah, he was more saltwater, red fishing stuff like that, which he did a lot of bass fishing too. But he liked the saltwater a little better than I did. I went over there, but I don't know. I don't mind it. It's fun, but. I like the bass fishing a little better. Well, it's it's almost, it's almost easier to freshwater fish. I mean, I love the saltwater fish too, and I admittedly probably enjoy saltwater fishing more than I enjoy freshwater fishing. But I fish freshwater fish a whole lot more than I saltwater fish because the saltwater's an hour away. That and, that, and the freshwater's true. ten minutes down the road. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that was another big thing. I mean, being young, you couldn't drive. You had anything I could get to the lake. If I was fishing, I was fishing. You know right. I mean? Yeah, I remember we had a. Uh, we lived over in Tangerine, so we lived right over by Lake Ola. <clears throat> and uh, we had a 12-foot John boat that, what, Paul, that one that Paul got come from the dang, he bought it at a yard, yard sale, sale for 15 bucks with a trailer and everything. And we had made, like, took the front off of a, a big red wagon and put a dang trailer ball on it so that we could tote the John boat down to the lake with the dang trailer ball on the front of the big red, big red wagon thing. Man, we fished a tournament one time out there at the Holly Chain, out there in that Collins Tire deal, and that was when the water was real low a couple of years, well, a couple of years ago, and me and my my one of my good buddies, we built a little thing where we could drag it across a long sandbar, and it was a little twelve foot V hole, and we had to take the nine point nine and put it in the middle of the boat because the way it was balanced. You had to get it right there on the on the tires. We had just little old golf cart tires, and we had to pull that thing, dude. Like, I felt like a mile, but it was realistically probably 150 yards. Yeah, right there between, <laughs> right there between the the like going to the third yeah, lake. The yeah, third lake. Yeah, yeah. yeah, going to the third lake. Yeah, I got my old mud boat stuck there one time. I remember when that was just white sand, far yeah. as you could see. And I remember we would go in there. I felt like it was just because we knew we could do that. We had to fish that place. Yeah. <laughs> So how, how old were you when you were you dragging that boat across that sandbar? I couldn't drive. I wasn't anywhere. But that time I was probably 
14. Not, 14. Man, that's a great age, man. You got nothing but energy, nothing but time. And the only thing that you care about is like, there's fish over there. Oh, yeah. We got to get to it. Where that's, you lose that, man. You get old and you're like, that's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, automobiles they, they they liberate you to some extent, but man, as soon as you get the car keys, things get heavier and things you used to do without even thinking about it. That takes too much time. It's too hard. Man, yeah, it was think- like once you get over there, it's like you're in a different world. Like no one can get it to you anymore. You're over there, you're you're away from everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well that's that's the grass is greener on the other side mentality. You look at that, you're like, you know what? Bet that lake's full of fish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Half the time it's not. <laughs> that's that. I think, like Jim was saying, you get old and you're like, oh, that's heavy. My mentality nowadays is like, I wonder if I can get that person's permission to use their yard yeah. that's right on that lake to get in that lake. <laughs> I'm the way, same way in Georgia, up there hunting. Man, I'm yeah. just like always on on X, like. Should I knock on this person's door? I don't know. They look kind of sketchy. Like, yeah. <laughs> I spotted some turkeys today when I was out picking up my trail cam. And uh, I immediately jumped on Onyx. I'm like, all right, whose property is that? Yeah. Well, yeah, good luck getting turkey permission. I know. Was there a picket fence around it? There was a red top all the way around it. No, that's a no good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The old red top no climb fence. <laughs> I don't know why they ever called it no climb. It was, we still used to climb it like no other. Well, when a grown yeah, try and fit your now your full grown he, man foot in that no climb fence <laughs> and climb it. He might still be able to do it. Yeah, turn yeah. your foot sideways. Yeah, the three folks on the big end of the table. Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> You, if I tried to climb red top no climb fence right now and I was successful you'd be able to tell where I went over it yeah. <laughs> without a doubt look like a bear went through it yeah. <laughs> tops oh, all bent down yeah. sagging so getting older where did you really start getting heavy into tournament fishing um so I always tournament fished and then I'd probably say about three years ago is when I was like alright you know, I got my job. I was fine at my job and everything like that. So I, I decided to go ahead and see if I could do the best I could with the highest. I wanted to fish the highest level I possibly could. My man. So, you know, I got some sponsors and stuff like that. I talked to them and went out fishing. So probably three years ago was when I was, like, all in. like, Because I used to divide it, hunting, fishing. And now fishing goes into hunting because our season of fishing – all the championships are right when bow season starts. Yeah. And I I would cut it off right there when bow season started. Started, But now, I mean, three years ago, I was like, all right, I got to pick one or the other because I was getting to the point to where, man, I was stressing myself out so much between hunting and fishing. Like, I wanted to kill the biggest deer. And I wanted to win as many tournaments as I could. And I was like, you know what? I got to pick one or the other. Which one am I going to be competitive at? And which one am I going to just go out and relax at? And then I was like, well... I think fishing, I've done fishing a lot longer than hunting, and hunting is only a couple months out of the year I can fish all the time, so I'm going to put all my time towards fishing. And that was, but like I said, I've always fished tournaments, like, all the time. For the past three years, it was like, I traveled, went far as I could, did as much as I could for fishing. So, 
Speaking of travel, how far do you travel now? Are you running all over the southeast? Are you staying mainly in Florida? Or are you are you just balling? Are you going to Montana? What, what, what are you doing? Just the southeast. Um, I've been to South Carolina. The farthest I've been is Tennessee fishing. I went up to Lake Pickwick for the Toyota Championship. We went to, we went there two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. I went up there, uh, but I've been to Lake Seminole, been to Santee Cooper, just everywhere in the southeast. Nice. Lake Seminole's a, that had to be a fun, I mean, there's a lot of structure on Lake Seminole. That is the scariest place I've ever drove a boat. Uh, I know, because if you leave the channel, you're in a stump field. Yeah, I don't know how people don't die every day there on that water. <laughs> like, I really don't. <laughs> Bro, Santee, that, that's another nasty one, man, because the hurricanes have sawed all the all the trees off at three inches underneath the water. And you'll still see guys running boats through there wide open. See, Santee, Man. on the edges of Santee, this is what I was told by a local up there, that they trimmed all the trees on the edge of Santee back when the war, years ago when the war was there, because they were making it into like a power plant or something down there. On the lower lake. On the lower lake. And they drawed it down and they cut all the trees down. So you can run the edges, yeah, but don't don't get in the middle that's what I was told. And I'll tell you what, that was the biggest waves when we were there. Like we had, they canceled the whole tournament. We had one day of fishing last year and they canceled day two and day three because the waves were so big. We, there was every bit of like realistically five, six footers when we come out that morning. Ooh, yeah. Rollered. Yeah. And it's the bass it, boat's not any kind of high side boat no, either. No, I, we literally, and of course, where I want to go is one of the longest runs you can make. And I tore off up there, and me and my co-angler were just soaking wet, pumping out water out of the bilge pump, and cold. And it on the way back, it wasn't that bad until I had to cross back over to weigh in. And that was when, man, you'd go down in a wave, and you'd look to your left and right and see nothing but water. And you'd come up, and you could see everything again, and then all of a sudden you'd go back down in the trough again. And you wouldn't see nothing again. Nothing but water. That was... So your bilge pump's running the whole time. Oh, yeah. 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 Every time you ran, your bilge pump was on. And unfortunately, yeah. a couple of years ago, like three years... No. Well, three, four years ago, there was a local boy fishing one of those tournaments. And um, they were zipping right along, you know, bouncing, you know, capping waves. One wave, and they nosed in. And unfortunately, uh, both of them went out of the boat and... Um, the one kid, the driver, uh, who I guess was the, the, the main pro, was able to get back to the boat. But conditions were so bad, and I th- they think that the other guy maybe hit his head or hit the water so hard that he knocked himself unconscious, and the conditions were so bad and the boat was busted, he died. It's about so, Okeechobee? I can't remember. It might, yeah, I think it was an Okeechobee. Yeah, 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 but that guy was from Lake, uh, right around Lake Mary, but his, um, mm-hmm. his wife worked for a local dentist who's a good buddy of mine. And uh, a terrible story, but yeah, no, you can you can mess yourself up out there in those conditions. Okeechobee's scary, man. It's dangerous. The shallow lakes in general are dangerous. I mean, I've seen Lake George get some big old rollers on it. It's not a very deep lake. Oh yeah, no, yep, yeah. So, what do you think going from you know growing up fishing in Florida to fishing lakes in like Tennessee or whatever? What do you think your biggest challenge is? Um. You get up there and you look at, like, internet stuff and you look at, like, YouTube and all this and these guys are catching them this way. You can still go up there and catch them the Florida way. I learned that the last time I was up there at Pickwick. A guy got second and he's from Okeechobee 
and he was in there just throwing a big weight and you know shallow grass just punching and i'm like i'm out here with the biggest crankbait i can find out here in 25 <laughs> foot of water because i've watched youtube so much i'm like bass or bass are still going to live where bass live like that, that was that's the hardest thing is when you go to those places a lot of time the internet will mess you up and i've just learned that i'm trying to learn now is you can't watch all of it yeah take some of it in yeah but a bass is a bass you know yeah I mean? so here's the problem with the internet and watching youtube right you cannot make a good fishing video out of not catching shit Oh, right. So all you're seeing in the, the day of fishing, you, he, he catches all these fish and it may not even be the same day. It could have been two days of fishing. that looks like one day of fishing. And all you're seeing is the wave tops, the peaks. You don't see the valleys where he hasn't caught anything for four and a half hours. Has not even so much as got a bite. It's like even when they're doing like the live footage and stuff on like, the MLF, like today, they had the MLF. They always scan back to the guy that's catching fish. They never show the guys that are trying to Struggling, figure it yeah. out. Yeah, because <laughs> them are the guys that you really want to watch because you're trying to learn what do they do when they start freaking out and they're not catching anything because they're, they're there for a reason, of course. They're pros. But I would like to see, you know, when they start freaking out and struggling, how do, how do, they, do they act calm? Do they, you know, what do they do? What do you do? Do you, when you hit an area that you're confident has fish, but you're 300 casts in and you haven't even had a strike. Do you just pull up and move to another place that you're confident you have fish or do you just keep grinding knowing that there's a pocket there and when you hit it, you're just going to probably hit two, three, four fish? What do you do? Ah, that, that question can go many ways. Um, honestly, the way I fish, I like to go and hit spot lock on my trolling motor and fish there all day. I don't want to move. don't want to crank up the big motor. I'm fishing for five bites. That's the way I would approach a place. If I can pull up there, I might catch one right off the bat. And if it's a good one, I'm going to stay there all day. But if I sit there and usually about, honestly, if I'm doing something like that by noon and I don't have my limit, that's when I'll pull out and leave. If I know that I've caught them there and they're, you know, in practice, if I had a good practice there, then I'd start scrambling to catch my two more. But, I try. That was probably one of my hardest problems too. Is I mean, I got buddies that I fish with, and they know that man. When I catch them, I'm staying there. I'm not trying to look for more. I'm just trying to pick that one spot apart 100% of the time. I don't want to move. I don't want to burn gas. I don't want to do nothing. I want to sit right there and sit in one spot and make the exact same cast over and over and over. It's boring, but I, that's the only way I've had truly success. I got, I got a question. grind. <clears throat> I got a it's question. Obviously, for you. kind of paid off for him. <laughs> so, yeah, literally, I got a buddy who fishes the Harris chain quite a bit, and obviously, there's up to date information about the chain, how things are working, whatever. But he's got a series of ancient ass maps hanging up, and they're all marked like it used to be maps you'd buy at the bait shop back yeah, when yeah. back when. It wasn't uncommon for Bay to grab live bait, but he has a series of, of ancient ass maps that have all these old like fishing spots on them. Yeah, and he's big about going and trying stuff that worked for ages. You know, I'll do. I always like grabbing those old maps or looking at them in the bait shop. I've took pictures of them, especially like going to like Okeechobee and stuff, because 
I mean, there's a reason that they're on the map. There, right. There's there's a true reason that them, the places are named. Like, you go to Oko- Okeechobee, I, I just know Okeechobee because there's so many, like, random names everywhere. You just go down, everything looks the same, but it's like, oh, this is such and such pass or something like that. But there there's a reason that everything's named on a map. And I, 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 I'm i the same way. I like to look at the old maps a lot, too. So it's not so, crazy to look at historic data. No, no. I was no. saying, and you can kind of relate that back to, uh, like, where we would say with hunting, where if you come up on some old tree stand down the woods, that tree stand's there for a reason. That's yep. true. That's very yep. true. Yeah. Like, you know, those old timers knew what they were doing back before they had the internet to look shit up and all that. I mean, there's that goes to an extent. I mean, I sat a spot this year that had, I think when I went back there the third time when we went and squirrel hunted, me and Rylan walked through there, I found two more tree stands when I only saw one. They were all falling apart and I still didn't see shit. Yeah, well, that's just your luck. That's, that's, that's just your luck. I mean, I'm sitting in a big pine flat underneath, I think I counted 14 live oak trees in, within 75 yards of me. We and still had that weird, I mean, it was just a weird time of season for us. Really. It was a bit warm then Yeah, it was well, a bit but. warm, and then you had just had that season prior to us. The week before us, they were running dogs there. and Who knows? But so you talk about using like YouTube and stuff when you go out of town, but do you ever use like uh, Google Earth or anything to try and find structure and stuff like that? Or 100%. Like you can go on Google Earth and you can change the time of year and everything. You can go back and change the dates, yeah. Yeah, to like the 90s. So, like when you go to lakes, especially that draw down water, you can go out there and literally go on Google Earth and drop the water down and you can see all the structure you can see if there's brush piles rock piles or anything underneath docks and then you can mark them and get waypoints off google earth so before you even go to this body of water you already have you know 100 waypoints and you can put it into your graph yeah and you can go out there and just see uh, i know what's here i'll give you i'll give you another place to look at that'll give you real time like day-to-day satellite imagery it's called sentinel hub really it's a pain in the butt to use Okay, and the reason what makes it, well, one, it's a pain in the butt because you can't just, like, put in the name of the lake and get there. But if if you can zoom in from, you know, state, you can find it. takes a little extra time. It's not as intuitive as Google Earth. But it will show you, you can I'll pull it up right now, and you can look at a satellite image from yesterday. Really? Today. Now, today, yeah. See, but the thing be- is, the, thing, the problem with that is, is that, like, say, let's say today was cloudy. You want to look at the lake from today? You know what you're going to see? Clouds. clouds yeah so but you can you can uh also switch that to a red black and that'll show you all the pockets of water where the water is up in the trees and stuff like that on the edge that you can't necessarily see because the ed like we get cypress heads on the edge would it show like heat and stuff too or uh i don't know but sentinel hub is is, is a real-time mapping software that you can use to make maps mm-hmm. right so so you just asked about heat i mean what kind of what does heat play into the Oh, man, I really don't want to give that away. <laughs> Hydrilla will give off heat. Okay. And, and you could go... Like, I know this is how FWC maps over like the Harris chain to kill the Hydrilla. You know, they kill the Hydrilla every year. It's always on the big bass fishing world. Oh, they're killing everything. Um, that, that gives off the heat, so they fly over and do an infrared shot of the whole Harris chain, and everywhere that Hydrilla is, that's where... 
you'll see the heat rises. So, I mean, if you could do that, I mean, you go to a, gra- a grass fishery, that, like you're talking about the everyday thing, that would knock down like 90% of scouting around for bass fishing. Yeah. Because I could see where the grass is today. Well, there's a, there's yeah. a lot of filters in that sentinel hub that you could dig through i'm not sure what it's all capable of i like to use it for uh when, when you're hunting I, I use it for hunting right so i can yeah. see groundwater in the woods okay yeah and find water holes and stuff that you won't be able to find on google earth because you look in its trees yeah or i can look at google earth and what it looks like uh it may be the clearest in the summertime but i can find a clear day in the winter and i can see the ground without leaves oh, okay right uh, yeah you know, I mean, what it looks yeah. like without leaves there so you can see underneath the canopy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Give you a better idea of the train you're hunting in. I still go on, like, I'll even use, like, honestly, one of the most up-to-date ones I've noticed is the Find My Friends app on iPhone. You can go on there and see where, like, grass used to be offshore and stuff. And I'll go out there and start idling around where I've seen, seen that on Find My Friends. Well, that's a hot tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can also use Find My Friends to find out where your friends are hunting. <laughs> that's true, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. That's why my location is not on. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, for you guys, but yeah, oh. I hunt with you guys, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's no secret where you're at. Yeah, listen, I've used... Snapchat a few times and be like, listen, where's this old boy? Oh, 100%. I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's why I turned the location off, the geotagging off on photos and stuff like that. Because, man, people don't realize that, like, if you know what you're doing, you post a photo to page, uh, a photo to Facebook, people can go in there and find the geotag and figure out, no matter how much of that background you black out, like, you can still find exactly where they're at when they took the photo. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I try to take photos like we go have a good good day of duck hunting if we have a really jam up day of you duck go hunting, somewhere else and then we take the photo somewhere else oh, <laughs> yeah yep, yep. <laughs> yep well the other thing you can do to eliminate that is um take your photo but then screenshot your photo and crop it down and then post that one because now you're not posting directly from the oh, this is true yeah 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 Facebook or uh, iPhone now has that sweet feature too, where you can hold down on a photo and it'll highlight just the subject of the photo and it'll black out everything else. Yeah. Oh, you can open it in the microphone. Yeah, you ain't gotta. <laughs> yeah, that's the one sound that always comes through. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing we used to do it so much that we had a podcast a while back and somebody was like, "Hey, uh, I didn't hear anybody open a beer." <laughs> I was like, "That's my bad. It's because we were drinking whiskey." <laughs> So, the Toyota series, where does that, is is that like, in terms of like winning money level, where where does that equate in terms wise? So, like, are you talking about like, well, obviously, like, I could go down here and I can fish a Tuesday night tournament on the Harris chain and win a hundred bucks. And that is small time. I'm sure you're going to see guys in bass boats and nice bass boats. Right, I but you're also going to see see dudes in in twelve uh, foot John boats with the nine nine still out there ripping it up. Oh yeah, they're the ones hard to beat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you got the Bassmaster Opens and the Toyota Series. The Toyota Series, I feel like, is more if you're trying to make more money doing it, so you can get a start into it. And the Bassmaster, see what they did this year was change it to where the Bassmaster opens. You had to fish all nine to make the Bassmaster elites. 
the Toyota series, you can fish just three out of like the division. There's only three tournaments in the division. And if you're in top five in points, you make the pro circuit. So in my eyes, the Toyota series is more for the working man and you make more money. And you, at the end of the year, you get an entry fee free championship for 200000 But the Bassmaster opens, the payouts aren't that great, and you have to fish nine of them to even qualify to become a Bassmaster Elite. And you have no entry fee free champion. There's no championship at the end of the year. So, like, of course, the Bassmaster Elite is, like, you know, where you want to be. But for, like, a true guy that's trying to work and do this and still try to make, you know, eventually try to make it to that point, the Toyota Series, I think, is a good start. But if you had everything paid for you and you said, here, you know, I make a living, these people are going to pay me, and I can go, I'd do the Bassmaster Opens. But the money and all that, the Toyota Series is where it's at. So what, I mean, what is it about the Bassmasters that if it's bigger, why are the payouts smaller? You know that or? Uh, I don't know exactly the breakdown. Um, I just, like, I really don't know the breakdown or nothing like that. It's just like, you know, everybody wants to go fish the Bassmaster Classic. That's like yeah. the biggest tournament. And they know that. They yeah, know so everybody I feel wants like to. even if you don't fish or know nothing about fishing, you know about the Bassmasters. Exactly. You yeah. know about the Bassmaster Classic. Even, you know, like well, FLW comes, or my bad, MLF comes in, they still call the Bassmasters. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, no one knows the difference. It's They have a, they have a, a well-known brand. Exactly. Bingo. Yeah. I would almost bet that <clears throat> because like of that branding, if you're crushing it on the Bassmasters, it, remember because there's there's two places you get money, right? You got to win, but what do you get if you're winning all the time? You get boat companies and rod companies and lure companies and beer companies all saying, wear my stuff, here's a check. Yeah, exactly. And the coverage I've noticed this year they said, for this is what I heard through the grapevine that the Bassmaster Elite's live coverage because they'll, from start to finish, is live. They'll they'll do the whole thing. That the live coverage this past year was through the roof with their numbers. So I'm sure that the companies they know that they look at all that. So I mean, I think just the Bassmaster. You guys, know, the Bassmasters. You know, it's your five fish, biggest five. That's what you go for. Then you start getting up there to the MLF. You know, it's like how many one, two-pounders I can catch, stuff like that. And I think people thought that was cool at first, and now they're starting to lose interest in that, and they're starting to go back to the old ways where it's five biggest. They want to see someone go out there and catch five big bass instead of sitting there watching someone. Oh, they get on a school of one, one-and-a-half-pounders, and they can sit there and catch them all day long. So the ML, MLF, it wasn't there was no limit to the number of fish that you can catch. Not now, uh, not used to, but now I think they're starting. They change the rules literally all the time. You have to keep up with with MLF so much. Like mid series, not mid series, but there's so many little different tournaments that go up. Like there's so many little series and little like they have like Red Crest and they have like it's really hard. Like I would have to sit down and relook through everything again to tell you exactly everything. Like I don't want to sit here and say something and be wrong, but I mean, I think this year they changed it. They changed it back to five, the five biggest, but everybody gets to know who's catching what. And so the Bassmaster, it's like 
you know, you're walking up the stage with a black bag and it's like, I'm not telling you what I have. You know what I mean? It's keeps it, the, you know. Yeah. That builds the suspense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not sitting there, you know, you know, like, hey, so-and-so, like, it's like if they knew me, I like to throw a Carolina rig. So they're like, oh, Kenny's catching this. They're going to be like, oh, well, maybe I need to tie on a Carolina rig real quick. And maybe they're biting that. You know what I mean? It's just, I, I, I don't know. It, it goes both ways. It's cool to watch. And then, but I truly like the, the Bassmaster format, the five fish. You don't tell anybody anything. You bring your five fish to the scales and go home. If, yeah, I can see how having that live update, knowing who has what, who, who uses what, can create more television action. Right, because 100%, yep. yeah, and that and, and yeah. that's what they're they're going for is is to see people to have more people catching fish. They but, were they were just talking about exactly what you just said today on because MLF right now the Invitational, which is the Pro Circuit Invitational, they're on Okeechobee. Yeah, and they literally were just talking about you know they're asking the guys like, do you like the five fish format or do you like you know the? He said, well, for TV, they like it where people are catching fish all the time. But a true fisherman, I think, likes the five fish and five big ones better. Oh yeah, I, I would. I would much prefer but that. You're and right. I, and TV, I would rather. Yeah. I would rather not know what you have than than know what you have because one, like if I'm having a tough day and I think I just scored big with with a solid two three pound bass or whatever, and then I come to find out you've got four four pounders in the boat. Oh yeah, I know. I'm like, well. <laughs> If this, you know, it's disheartening to know that. Yeah. But at least when you got your three pounder, you're like, "Mm, man, I'm doing something good today. Yeah. Yeah. You get up to the scales and find out. Can you describe for the folks listening, how does the MLF work? So you're out there fishing, you catch a fish, it gets weighed immediately, right? Immediately and put right back in the water and it can't touch the floor. And when you release it, it has to be released out of your hand below the rub rail of your of your boat you can't just toss it back in the water so it has to be released right like 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 that you know like pretty much the fish has to be in the water when you let go of it because they're all about fish care which is cool you know but it's sometimes they have like years past they've had like all right first one to 30 pounds wins but it don't matter how many fish it takes you to hit at 30 pounds they have to be a lot of places they'll do like it has to be a one pound minimum like they did, they call it the heavy hitters edition, and they did it over there on Lake Kissimmee, Toho. And every fish that was countable as scorable had to be three pounds or more. That was pretty cool because everybody started bringing out the bigger baits and started swinging for the bigger fish. But then you go to other places, you know, with a one pound, they bring out their little spinning rods and they just go to work. You know what I mean? They're catching the one pounders that they can catch. You could put 31 pounders in the boat before anybody else can. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, boy, it, I, could, I could put you on a retention pond in Georgia where you could just dang <laughs> one pounder after one. Cloudy day, white jerk bait, just every single cast. I think I went 15 for 15 yeah, one see. afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, that pond where they break you off and then you throw again and you get your bait back from the same exact bait. Um, I'll, tell that, I'll tell a story about that in a minute. Go, go Do they, um, do they change different in the same in the same season? Will they change the rules from lake to lake, where one's going to be a heavy hitter, one's going to be the one pound jam to thirty, or is it they set it for the season and that's how the season rolls? I'm pretty sure they set it as the season. I ain't paid that much attention because I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't like watching it. I don't. 
I like watching the Bassmasters. I like watching the five big ones. With the five big ones, you got to keep them alive too, don't you? Yeah, 100%. that would be my question. Yeah, so there's, <laughs> oh, there's actually a lot of pressure. No, there, you man. you'll lose. They take off like that's penalties. Like you'll lose. I mean, a couple ounces can lose a couple thousand dollars. You can, so you're worried about keeping those fish alive too throughout is, the day. Is there some tricks you have for the live well? Yeah, to keep them alive. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Oxygenators, of course. And they make these little things. They sell them on Tackle Warehouse. They're called fin clips. And, you know, like on the bottom of a bass, they have two little fins, like right there in their chest area. And they're little, like, one-ounce weights. And they little have little clips on them. And you just put them on those fins, and it'll keep that fish upright. And then, of course, I like rejuvenate. They make G-juice. You put in a live well. And then in the summertime, you got to have ice. You have to have ice. you got to keep that water temperature cool. But the biggest thing is the fin clips and the rejuvenate. And you put it in there. It makes the water like green, and it's supposed to keep. It's supposed to like help them with their slime to get their slime back going and everything like that on the on the outside of the fish. That is, I'm big with my fish care because that's something that I can control. That's not nothing you know. I can't control if the fish bites or not. You know, if I catch a fish, that's that's you know perfect. But keeping the fish alive, I can control that. So I need to try my hardest to keep the fish alive. I, I do everything I can do to keep it alive. So there's, there's a lot of art, and then there's a lot of science. So it's like fish yeah. Gatorade. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, 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 pretty much. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's like Pedialyte when you have a hangover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So my other question here: if you had a tournament and you could only fish one bait to win that tournament, what would you use? Man, Carolina rig. I mean, honestly, probably yes, Carolina rig. Um. Yeah, probably a Carolina rig, to be honest with you. I mean, that would have to depend what time of year and all that. But if you said, hey, it don't matter anything, here's a bait, you got to pick out what you want to throw, I'd grab my Carolina rig rod. I'd go. How many different rods you got? Oh, man. I don't <laughs> Too many to count. Yeah, yeah. Listen, that's personal information. You don't have to count up on how many cows he's got. Yeah. You know, like – it's if like it's asking a, you how many guns you got. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's a bait I like, I got two of those rods. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know, Briar, you talking about when you guys just brought up catching a fish with the same bait in its mouth, dude. I, w- I was up in New York, and uh, we were, we, we had a lake behind us. Uh, I stayed up there for like three months over the summer. And we caught fish on, caught bass on, mainly on two lures, on jigs. And on this creature bait called a biffle bug. And <clears throat> I can't tell you how many times we had one spot where the water, there was a creek that flowed into the far side of the lake, but it went under like a natural land bridge and boiled back up on the other side. And it was like 10, 15 feet down in there. You could stand on a giant boulder and pitch jigs down in there and catch bass sitting in the bottom of that. Cause outside of that was a foot and a half deep. It's real oxygenated water coming out of there, though. Right. Yeah. Well, we had about a four-pounder break off a jig, uh, and then two hours later caught that same four-pound bass with a jig still in his mouth. (laughs) I can't tell you how many bass I caught with a biffle bug. I caught, we caught one bass, had three. Strike King, right? Biffle bug? Biffle bug is its own company. Is it? Yeah. I I thought it was the, okay. I'll I'll show you one when when we're done, but the, uh. Well, I caught well, I caught one bass had two busted lines hanging out of its mouth with a bill bug in there. 
I was gonna say, I think mom and dad even sent you some out there. They did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Those things were king on that lake. Me, me and a buddy uh, had fished that, you know, the first of 30 pounds. And it took us like two weeks to get there with a one pound minimum. There wasn't a lot of big bass in there. But man, it, it came down to the last day. I was at 28 and a half, and he was at like 29 and a quarter. And I broke off on a big bass, and he, he caught one 10 minutes there that just pushed him over the top. That was just the toughest quote unquote deployment, right? Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they screwed up when they gave me a walkie-talkie. Like, just carry this. If we need you, we'll call you. I was like, <laughs> I'm fishing, fishing all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how long do you typically say you're going out of state? What do you uh, like? How long do you typically give yourself to pre-fish? So, what I like to do, like, say if I had one in a month. I would go up at least, I'd try to leave like at work on a Friday. If I got Friday off, it'd be a lot cooler. But I'd, ever if I had three days or two days, I'd go up there and I would literally just ride the lake and look. So I'd, I'd try to give myself, I guess I'd be two weekends in advance and then i take a week off. So like I'll leave, it's, usually most tournaments are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'd leave the Friday before that and fish everything that I've rode out and looked at the two weekends before so that that's usually my what i try to do the most of the time it's a lot of i do a lot of like i take like i said four days of looking and then, yeah. then another five days of actually fishing so you're you're like tennessee like you drove up there now that one that one i did only drive up I, because it was off limits we had when you do the, the toyota championship the 20 days prior to that you're not allowed on that lake or to receive any information or anything. You get, I think, four days of practice, maybe. Yeah, four days of practice, and that's it for the past 20 days. I mean, I could have went up there like two months before, but, I, I mean, I didn't. Everything could change by then, though. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. And so I was like, well, I need to go up there and just fish the moment. Like, I need to go up there and see what what's happening. So but, how far in advance is this? series planned out like do you know where the rest of the tournaments are going to be for yes. the rest of the season yep i now. know all the way now that i won that one i know that in november i'll be on table it's table rock lake i'll be on table rock in missouri oh yeah you ever fish missouri nope <laughs> <laughs> so coming into this tournament on the harris chain i mean what what was your plan of attack knowing that you were going to go fish there I honestly didn't even the whole time in the back of my mind I wanted to go and check some stuff down south. I wanted to check it. I said, All right, but I'm not checking it. Like I knew I went out two weeks every day. After work I'd go out idle, look for stuff offshore. But I knew coming in this tournament, the two days before the tournament I wanted to go down south and check some things. I said, That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna check them but I'm gonna find I was already like, not necessarily banking on down there, but I said, all right, ever how much, because the tournament started on a Wednesday. I said, whatever starts on Monday, if I go down there on Monday, and I, I never had a hook in. I said, if I go down on Monday and get some bites, then Tuesday I'm going to go back down there and try to get more bites. But if not, I was going to go back and just go back to how I was fishing offshore, doing everything like that. But Monday I went down there. And after that, I went Tuesday, 
and tried to figure out all the stuff that I marked for the past two weeks, I, I literally stopped in every single lake and tried to find stuff, a spot in every single lake, just so like if I needed an extra fish or I needed one more to fill my limit, I could stop and catch one. I knew that I could stop there. I had a good feeling I could catch one. So I stopped in Harris, Eustis, Dora, Beauclair. I had spots in every single one of them just for backup. It's that That's how I planned out my whole practice. And I banked everything on that Monday of practice. And I went down there Monday and had some bites. Shoot, yeah. So being that the Harris, is a popka considered part of the Harris? Can you I was, go? I was about to ask that. Yeah. What is, is there a boundary limit? to when they say the Harris chain. I mean, can you cut across the dang lock in the Haynes, Haynes Creek and run up the river? Usually the only cutoff is you can't go past Moss Bluff locks up Dockwall Hall. They usually okay. stop it at Moss Bluff. But, yeah, you can go to a popkin and stuff like that. That's a heck of a run, well, though. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a dang run. Yeah. When you were out there fishing, did you see a guy <clears throat> running around, like pulling it up on shore and testing the water depth? Because <laughs> <No. laughs> I'm telling you, there, there was a guy out there running around in a John boat, you know, among some fishermen, testing the water depth right up next to the shore. And a couple people asked him, what the hell are you doing? We just went out and set wood duck boxes. Jim was out there in his uh, in his tracker. Uh, G3. G3, same difference. Six one way, half dozen the other. Just different. It's name. not a wooden boat. Uh, and and checking, checking water depths for setting wood duck boxes. Uh and so we went out and set. We only were able because last Saturday it was so dang windy, and there was me, Briar, and Jim, which are some pretty large fellas. And uh, his, uh, how big is your boat? 1654. 1654 with a pro drive on the back. It's a little bit too rough to be running that many dudes in the, in, the, yeah. in the windy days it was. So we didn't get much out on the lake. We got one out on the lake, and that was a struggle. And we were like, yep, we're going back in the canal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> move through life, it's inevitable that we're going to find ourselves needing trusted advice from legal counsel, from business transactions to real estate, lawsuits to contract matters. We all need advice and assistance from time to time. Attorney Roman Hammis' multi-state law practice focuses on litigation, business law, and real estate. Roman helps individuals and business owners find solutions to their legal problems. If push comes to shove, Rome is an experienced litigator with extensive trial experience and the ability to take it all the way. He's been named Super Lawyer every year from 2016 to present, a distinction given to only 5% of practicing lawyers. Most importantly, Roman is an avid hunter, angler, conservationist, and proud supporter of the UPO Nation. When you need dependable legal counsel, call Roman, 407-680-6050, or... 843-324-1727 or email roman at romanvhamis.com that's r-o-m-a-n at r-o-m-a-n v-h-a-m-m-e-s dot com offices Florida and South Carolina
Oh, that one dude in the bass boat slowed down at just the wrong time, man. Instead of staying oh, yeah. up on plane, he pulled up, and we're in an overloaded 16-foot boat. Pro tip, doesn't matter yeah. what kind of boat you're in. If you are going to pass a smaller vessel, please do not slow down. You are you, not you doing either, them any favors. Listen, you, either, you either stop way before and idle up to them, or you just blow past them on a plane. Because we had a good, we had we had the dude come plowing past, and I know he was trying to do his best not to swamp everything in the canal, but it made it worse than the dude who flew. I mean, straight flew past us like a missile. We were just like a doop doop over his weight kept on going. But the other fe- other feather soaked right through Will's three pair of corduroys. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get people in little boats flick me off all the time in those little canals, and I'm like, listen, if I slow down, you're screwed. I'm going to swamp you if I roll by you. You know. Just trimmed up and just going. I said, you ain't going to feel nothing. And, yep. But it, it's kind of scary. You pass them close. But still, would you rather get swamped or just I would quick? rather. And, I, <laughs> I, and for anybody who's listening who's in a small boat who thinks that the people flying by you are assholes, I will tell you right now, you would much rather them straight past you like a rocket than than go by at Way smaller 10 wake. miles an hour. Yeah. Way the, smaller. Yeah. And only one as opposed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like four when you're plowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, I mean, what ended up working? So, at, you you ended up going down south. Yep. Right? And then what ended up working for you there down south? I mean, did you have a specific strategy? When you knew you were going to go down south, what was your strategy? So, the biggest thing that made me know I was going down there. I had day Monday I knew. I said, okay, I have fish down there never seen them i've never never had a hook in down there and monday i knew i said all right i know the the caliber of fish that are here like they're they're big you could feel the weight of them they would not let go of the worm or nothing and then i told myself i said all right i gotta go through the locks and the locks are gonna be if i'm not one through 30 i said i'm not going and day one, I got boat number two. So <laughs> that kind of sealed the deal for me. Like, all right, I'm going to go down there. And I went down there, and I went to the spot. that I, I literally went down there and went straight to that spot that I shook some fish off at. I only shook like two or – I shook four fish off in the one area right there. And I knew, like, uh, that spot, just something about it in my gut that morning was like, go to that spot, go to that spot. So I went to that spot. And day one, by 10 o'clock, it was like 9.45, 9.50, I had 21 pounds. And I was like, all right. You know, I got there at like 8.10, didn't get my first bite till 9. So it had a 45-minute window, and I had to catch them. Like, here we go. I caught them real quick. I had six bites, caught them, and left. And my co-angler was like, why are we leaving? I'm like, I, I got to fish tomorrow. Like, I want to save those fish. He's like, man, they're, 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 they're pulling up. Cause they were coming up to bed and he's like, we gotta, we gotta go back. And I was like, no, nah. he didn't have his limit. And I was like, well, I'll take you somewhere else and go let, let you go get your limit. And we went and he caught his limit. And then day two, I had like a way late boat number because you flip flop, you go boat two and then I was second to last to leave. So that kind of screwed some things up right there. But I, I told myself, I said, I, I know what's down there. And 
I just have to sit there, and I said, well, I'm not going to go straight to the locks and wait for two hours. So I just piddled around in Lake Eustis, and I ended up catching two real quick in Eustis. And then I went down there and waited like 30 minutes and locked through. And then I had all day to fish because I didn't have a 5 o'clock weigh-in. But if it wasn't for that day one getting boat number two, I don't know how this would have turned out, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know, man. What, what are you liking the locks? Like you're in there with another guy in a boat. You all social or you just got your glass on mean mugging each other the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> it's sometimes it's awkward. I mean, of course, you know, you always get that one guy that's always like trying to butt in front of people. I'm like, man, you got here, you get in line. I was lucky enough to get into locks each day with some people I knew because that lock, they only let three boats through. And <laughs> day two, they lock 62 boats through. So you imagine it's, I timed it, it's anywhere between 18 to 22 minutes per lock. That's locking through, filling it back up, getting back in the lock. It takes you 22 minutes. And so they, they did that 62 times. Yeah. That's what I mean. You're, you're in there for yeah. you get the back of the line, you're waiting there for a while. I, I've had, yeah. I've had that, that lot being the only person in the lock, you know, you get real, uh, uh personal with cheater the late. Chat, Yeah. Chatter, chitter chatter with the person running the lock. Oh yeah, like, bingo! I had, I had somebody caught a thirteen pound. Bat. <laughs> I'm like, I bet you did right yeah. here in the lock. Yeah, one of them times. Hey, I know some guys <laughs> that fish like local stuff, and they'll bring her breakfast and stuff like that down there <laughs> to open the lock a little bit early. So, so it's She's still the same guard. lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there, there was a dude one time wearing one of those locks on the AB canal, trying to convince me that he just let a manatee through. Right, and I, <laughs> I, I've been through uh, the Haynes Creek locks with no, like literally next to my boat, this manatee rubbing up on my boat in the Haynes Creek locks coming into Eustis. Really? Yep. You've mm. seen them? Yep. I literally. Yeah, maybe that guy him. wasn't wasn't kidding. Maybe me, he's not I, crazy. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like, man, all the way in a pop creek, knowing that they got to come all the way up through Haynes Creek, then work yep. their way down, then come all the way down through the Dora Canal, right, and then all yep. the way through through Beauclair up the AB, and I'm like, man. That manatee is lost. I just can't That's, believe there's I've a manatee in a pop. Dora Canal, like a, it looked like Jaws. You know, the big buoy popped up, and I'm like, "What in oh. the world is this?" And it's coming at me, and I kind of like I'm on my trolling motor, and I kind of like ease off to the side of them. Like, what is coming at me right now? And I look, and they have a giant tracker on a manatee in the Dora Canal, and it's a big old orange buoy about the size of a I don't know, a big soda can. All right, man. Mid- oh, so all right, I, I have, all right, man. I've stuck. I've stuck a gator one night, and temporarily my buoy disappeared, and I'm shining my light, and I hit this beacon. I'm like, "Oh, there's my buoy," and I go after it, and then I realize it's one of those manatees, like you said, with a jacker. I'm like, well, "I gotta go find my buoy now because that's a manatee." Yeah, it has like a little like green flashing light yeah. and everything. Yeah. It's like on a little piece of rope. Yeah, that's wild, but uh. Holy cow, then maybe when we're running through uh we're running through the Beauclair canals with uh putting up wood duck boxes and there's all these signs about manatee areas. Yeah, like, maybe oh, they're man, not so crazy. Just... Yeah. Oops. Yeah. I was gonna say, call me crazy. I've literally I've seen a redfish south of Lake Dexter. Um the manatees I, I in the A B canal, yeah. Jim, are probably few and far between. You think they so. get the one every once in a while. If they're there, they're there. Uh, but like, who knows, man? So, do, do, when when you're talking about the Harris chain, does anybody sleep on uh, on on Horseshoe Lake? 
Did Man. I just give away a top secret? I mean, I, I've been fishing that I hate that, that lake, sir. Really? No, I'll tell everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> I've caught some. I've caught some pretty good fish out of there, I, and I, I, we've I shot plenty of ducks out of there too. Really? Well, um, you used to could. Yeah. Not. I mean, it's been a long time since we've been out there and shot anything. I literally check it every year, and I checked it probably three times before this tournament. I checked it like once a week just to see if some fish pulled up in there, because you know it's a good spawning lake. Right. And. Man, I've, I don't know if I just don't hit it right at the right time or what, but I've never caught him in there. Of course, you know, like last year, Scott Martin caught him in there pretty good. He uh, would go to a popka and then come back and then stop in Horseshoe, and he caught him pretty good in there. But I personally, I don't even know. I don't even know if I've caught a bass out of Horseshoe. I caught, a, I caught about a four-pounder out of there one day. I know there's about a nine-foot gator that hangs out in that canal. <laughs> so oh, next to the big mansion to the right, right yeah. there. No, no, in the in the canal. To, to horseshoe. horseshoe. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. When you go through the little itty bitty canal in Horseshoe, that big mansion on the right, right there. Is that? Yeah, yeah. He's got a hole right there at the end of the canal somewhere. <laughs> so I, I've gone out to Horseshoe, and I've you know we've scouted. And we're like, heck yeah, man! It's straight loaded with thing, uh, spider dock. It's going to be great. And then you show up to duck hunt, and everything's gone. It's come through and it's it's all been it's all been killed. Yeah. Do y'all duck hunt out there much? Like the whole chain itself? Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Never. Got that that's not really a great plot, great place at all though. It's terrible. Yeah. This whole section of the podcast is getting nuked. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there's not a single duck on the head of the chain at all. We only duck hunt in. Yeah. I uh I we cut this one. Cut, cut this one out if you want. Uh, I have been hunting a wood duck hole on one of my more favorite spots on the chain, and shot a, a nice straight canvas back that's in my house now. Look, man, it, it is no secret that there are ducks on the Harris chain. No, there's not. But <clears throat> the thing is, is they're not. You, you can't just dump into the Harris chain and pull up in the weeds and kill ducks. Yeah, you no. you've got to scout, man. The ducks are there. But so, dude, I see them fly over my. I feel like if you're fishing, they don't care. Like I feel like they know. It's almost crazy. I can't. How many times I've had them right over my head? Wood, I mean, they're wood ducks, but that's I, like you know me and Briar. Briar's were, a wood duck purist. Don't just call them. They're right. just wood that's, ducks to Briar. That's, I just that's know, hurting Briar's feelings. I know wood ducks make hurt. a noise and their wings never stop flapping. That's the only reason I know they're ducks. Yeah, they get that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I blew so, out. The, I sent you a video part of them. I blew out one of the biggest rafters of ducks I've ever seen on one of the lakes. I'm not saying which one it is, but oh, I, mean, I, I know where they're at. I've I mean, seen holy I, crap, I those are at. ducks. Okay, take that back. <clears throat> I've seen those ducks out there. It wasn't that lake. I'm not even trying <laughs> I was to be going coy. through my head. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know where this is. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen I've seen ducks out on the Harris chain in big rafts like that. But you've got to have they're 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 not puddle ducks. They're divers. You've got to have a layout boat yeah. to sit out there and shoot those ducks. Out in the middle. I've seen buffalo heads on them. Yeah, on I, them. I have too. I run through them all the time. I'll I've seen the biggest, <laughs> the biggest dang raft of seagulls. <laughs> so, yeah. so how many coots have you caught in a bass boat? Like caught, caught. Oh no, I ain't caught and I've killed a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um so you were talking about Right, you fished, what, Monday morning, caught those fish, and your co-angler still had to, I mean, what, what it, I'm not familiar with the whole co-angler thing, so what is that, what plays into that? So, the co-angler is the person in your back of your boat. He's pretty much the person that, like, 
So he fishes. There's like a whole separate tournament for everybody that fishes in the back of the boat. They have a different entry fee, everything like that. And every day we get a new one of the tournament. Every day we get a new. And they're the ones that are fishing for the boat. You know, we fish for just the money. They fish for a boat. And they kind of like, it's for like both of us. It's so like we don't. It's kind of like having eyes on each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like making it's random draw. You don't know who your co-angler is until like seven o'clock the night before, stuff like that. You don't know nothing, so you meet, you pretty much get a random guy in your boat every single day, and it's pretty much it's to keep cheating from guys cheating, of course. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like you don't have to do once you have that, you don't have to worry about your lie detector and stuff like that because you're with a dude that like I've never met before in my life. Yeah. You know, in the back cool. of my boat. I've had good experiences and bad experiences, but I always try to treat them with as much respect as I could. So, so, so your co-angler, you're making sure the co-angler ain't stuffing sinkers I, and stuff. I was going to say, <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> we, we got to get your hot take on this one. What's what's your hot take on those uh, those boys that were stuffing those fish? That was crappie look tournament. See that? He know, look at that. Walleye. Walleye. Look at that. See that? Walleye. Yeah. Right there. That's what, yeah. you, that's what you think. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Did you did that. you shave did you shave just for us? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually, you know, I that's you know, was B-roll tired of it. <laughs> I'm just looking through it. He his, stayed his, at uh, my house. That was the dude leading every day. He stayed at my house and see that that beard? He shaved the night before. Oh lord. I'm not kidding. That's his that's literally a five o'clock shadow. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> I, he literally shaved and he came out and it was after day one and we had twenty eight pounds. He come out of the, the bathroom at my house, and I said, dude, did you just shave? You caught 28 pounds today. Like, you don't change nothing. Like, you need to be wearing the same thing you were wearing. <laughs> and he's like, I don't believe in that. And he caught him good day two. He had 24 pounds day two. So just for reference. He's out there eating I, bananas and everything on the boat. Right? Yeah, yeah. He's just like nonchalant, whatever, dude. So just, just for reference, I'm looking through the article real, on Major League quick. Fishing's website, and, uh, and he's you were talking about facial hair, but uh, – uh, you still got a beard here, and then you're scrolling through there. But that's a hoss, son. That yeah. fish what was right your there, biggest fish? Those those two right there are two eight pounders, but the biggest yeah. one was nine ten. I caught that one day one. That one on the uh, I think should have been my yeah the one on the uh, in your left hand there yeah. It, it, well, it's left as you're facing the screen, right? Or are you talking about the biggest? If he's the biggest facing, fish? yeah, they were so close. Anyways, one of them had a FWC tag in it too, so I got some money off that fish. Too. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, so, that little red tag that you clip and then call FWC. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I you, got that. I threw it in the bottom of the boat, and the guy I had on day two, which I was day two, and he was real religious. I mean, which is good. I'm not saying nothing. Like he didn't cuss or nothing. And I landed that last big one, and I cussed him up and down like a storm. And I literally was like, "Oh God." This dude just looked at me and went back to fishing and like thought I just, I was like, man, I like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was, ended up being a real nice guy. He was really cool. So I kind of, I I went on a duck hunt with a guy like that last year. Like we're, we're shooting and stuff and cussing and I'm just cussing up a storm shooting ducks. (laughs) And at the end of the day, I realized this guy has not cussed a lit the whole time we're there. And I'm like, Oh man, he's just a little further along on his walk. We're headed back to weigh in, and he literally like leans over to me and whispers a cuss word and starts giggling, and I'm like, T 
I literally just gave him the F bomb like six times, pointing at his face and stuff because I was so excited. <laughs> so, you talked about that guy. You were like, he caught 28 pounds and you said he needs to wear the same clothes. What superstitions do you have? That's My awesome. Biggest thing is so last year, it was about, I, it depends what I'm listening to on the way to the tournament every morning. If I have a good day of practice and I'm listening to like a, a certain artist, but now you're going to try the Under Pressure Outdoors podcast, right? Well, yeah, of course, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> this tournament, silence. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't listen to a thing. I had a good day of practice. I didn't listen to anything. I, well, it was Monday. I had a good day. I shook a bunch of fish off Monday, and I didn't listen to any. I didn't listen to any music on the way to the the boat ramp. Day two, I had some buddies come down from Georgia that were co-angling, and they stayed at my house too. And, of course, we talked the whole way. Day one, I just listened, didn't listen to no music. And then day three, uh, day one and day two, I had a good buddy of mine, Lance. We always talked to each other on the way to the boat ramp every morning, like talking about each other's game plan, like what are we going to do. And then day three, he... uh he didn't unfortunately didn't make the cut and day three it was like silence the whole way there from Umatilla all the way to Leesburg like I was like mm. this is weird like I'm just like sitting in silence the whole way there that's a solid 20 minute drive too that yeah, boat ramp. Yeah, yeah yeah and it felt like an hour that morning and I'm just like all right and I like went to go turn the music up I'm like nope 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 nope, nope. That's wild. Yeah. We've all got so, just sitting like in when, your own thoughts the whole way. Yeah. Now I sung a song every morning. I mean, I had an hour and twenty minute ride every morning. I yeah. sung a little tune. That was it. So, uh, what's your thoughts on the lucky hat? Yeah, definitely. Well, sure. look, he's wearing the same hat here in this picture that he was. He's wearing yeah. now. So. Yeah. The only reason I wore this because I went practice fishing for another tournament today. <laughs> no, you, you can't wear it out is that what you're saying no, I'll, I'll, I'll I might get mine. a little wild and lose it or something you know so I have to make sure this thing makes it home alright yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my superstition on a on a hat All right. it has to be a gift hat gift hat you can't go out and purchase your own hat it has to be a gift hat and we I mean, we've gone to the extent that like I've told Briar I'm like I like this hat do you like this hat I'll buy you one if you'll buy me one <laughs> we buy each other the hat that way it's a gift hat I didn't pay for my hat I paid for Briar's hat yeah, yeah. Uh, it would mean more. Yeah, you know, this is the yeah. first time I think I've ever sat in a podcast and not a single person's wearing a UPO hat. No, no we're not. Yeah, you got me and we. You're not even Brian. recording right now. This whole thing's a waste of time. That thing's broken. I assure you, no UPO hat on. Cursed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm wearing a Florida Boy Outfitters hat. Yeah, that's just as good. Me and Briar got Hasmore Outdoor products. Jim's wearing a Carhartt. Oh man, this hat's legendary. Yeah. It's been everywhere. It's Kenny's old. wearing his good fishing hat. So. Yeah. You ever worry about losing that hat? You wear it backwards when you're driving? No, I put it up. I put like the where it snaps back. I put that around my throttle. Oh, that's serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's serious. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. At least I hope not. I can tell you, he wears a big ass set of sunglasses because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's a welder's yeah. helmet, man. Yeah. I get that all the time. Every time I go out to dinner, you know, or something like that, they're like, "I got a question for you, though." In, in sunglasses wise, yeah. Like, what do you think? Obviously, polarized. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, so I, I have a, a what I prefer, but what do you prefer brand wise? So I, I tell you, I just like you wear Oakley Prisms. 
Man, I really, of course, you know, Costa, Costa, Costa. But, you know, I went to that Bahio, Bahio, I don't even know how to really pronounce it. They're the people that bought out Costa. They're made in New Smyrna now. The Baggio, I think it's called Baggio is what it's called. And they are made now in New Smyrna where Costa used to be made. Yeah, because Costa's made overseas somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like those. I have a tiny head. And the coasters, all the time in my life, coasters, I could lean down to, like, go do something, and they would fall off my head. But these Baggio's, whatever they're called, I don't know, that they don't ever fall off my head. Like, the frames never hmm. fall off or nothing. And and it's cool because it's a new Smyrna, too. Yeah. Nice and close. Man, yeah. so I, I wore coasters for the longest time, and then I got a buddy uh, that – tournament fish saltwater tournament fished for a long time up in the panhandle and uh he's a guide in the panhandle as well jordan todd yeah jordan todd saltwater obsessions and uh he was telling me one day he's like man you really gotta try these oakley prisms he's like i wore coasters for the longest time oakley prisms the only thing i wear now and i tried on his oakley prisms and i was like Game changed. I'm getting really? a pair. There, yeah. there is a significant they, difference. So I have a pair of uh, Wiley X uh, polarized safety glasses I wear at work all, yep. you know, every day at work. To switch between the Wiley X polarized and the Oakley prisms that I wear when I'm not at work, there is a significant difference. They the literally, two. not only is it like the polarization I feel like is better, but they literally like clear everything up. Yeah, when you wear them. Actually, I think like I got day mine to in day. the truck. Mine are in my truck, but yeah. So I used to buy expensive sunglasses all the time, and I was losing them left and right. I mean, I couldn't keep a pair of sunglasses for more than two outings. So I'm listening to another podcast, and they're talking about Shady Rays, these cheap-ass plastic glasses. I got a pair that was like five years ago. I can't no, shake these yeah. things, man. Yeah. And I know yeah. I'm tempted. I'm like, works. when I figured out how not to lose my sunglasses, <laughs> I'll go out and go spend $300 on a pair of sunglasses. And I know the first time out, bloop, they'll be in the bottom Knock of the Knock on wood. <laughs> all right. Knock on wood. I have not been able to shake a pair of Oakleys to the point that I flew off the front of a boat in the Harris chain, fell in the water, yeah. and still found my Oakleys after Listen, that. I had, I kept my prisms for a long time. <laughs> a long time. Until I was out on Lake Sellers one day. And Wyatt. Hardwick had just got his new boat. Yep. And I was like, take me for a ride on that thing. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So I had my hat on backwards, and the boat, his airboat was so dang fast that I had my hat on backwards and it was still peeling it off my head. <laughs> and I went to fix my hat, and when I fixed my hat, my sunglasses flew up over my head and threw his airboat in. Mm. They're gone. I was going to say, you couldn't find them on sellers. It's crystal clear. Yeah. Not, no. Yeah, you could yeah. find a little bit over here, some over there. Yeah. <laughs> I had the arm off of one of the sunglasses and the bottom of his boat. That was it. The yeah. only pair of Oakleys I've lost were lost because I let somebody borrow them, and he leaned over the bridge into the creek, and then I heard a splash, and I turned and looked, <laughs> and I said, I said, what was that? He said, I'll buy you another pair. <laughs> <laughs> I never got another pair out of that, but. Oh, man, that's why. I really need to get, like Jim said, a set of Shady Rays, and then I need to buy a set of Oakleys, and I wear my Shady Rays daily. The only problem is I get the Oakleys, and I like how much better they look when you wear them, and so I end up wearing them day to day, but I get them, and I'm like, I'm only going to wear these when I fish. Oh, I get those dang Wiley X's through work every two years. So I'm coming up this year, February, later this month, the the glasses. Are you still going to wear your other ones? Get Get me a set. No, you can have my old set. 
We get another pair of them polarized Wiley X's. Yeah. So, at what point were you in this tournament? You're like, I may have this in the bag. Man, I didn't think that at all, to be honest with you. I, uh, probably when, you know, that Corey Johnston was in third, you know, he's a good, good fisherman. I mean, of course, he's Bassmaster Lee, all that. And I walk up to the tanks and we're sitting there and like, you know, guys, we have clear bags that we have our fish in and we're talking and like, of course, my first words are like, you got them. And then he's like, no, nah, I ain't got them. And me and Eric, you know, the other guy that was in first, he already came up to me and told me, he's like, what do you have? And I told him I had like 16, 17 pounds. And he's like, well, you got me. I said, okay. I said, well, I still got a bunch of people behind me to beat. And I, the whole time I'm thinking Corey's got him. Like, I'm like, man, he's, there's no way. And he weighs in after he weighs in and they're like, and I still am like disbelief. Like, are you sure? Like, he's like, you, all you need is like, I forget how many pounds I needed to, to make first. And I was like, um, do you have that? And I'm like, oh, I'm like oh, yeah, like, I got that. And he was like, and uh, after he told me that, how much I needed, I was like, oh, man. I, that's when it kind of hit me. That's when I was up on stage like, ah, I got it. Like, I got it. Like, that's when I was up there in the interview being all awkward. And I was like, can, can we just let Eric weigh in real quick? Like, I just want to make sure Eric wasn't lying to me. <laughs> like, I was just like, let him weigh in. <laughs> so coming up, coming out to that day, you're sitting in second, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I was, I think I was in fourth after day one, and I jumped up to second, and then... Day three was the longest day of my life. I felt like. I, was gonna say, that's, I mean, that's even that's that was that's got to be crazy sitting sitting in second because you're like, God, I'm so close, but everything could go wrong from here. Oh yeah, like it was just to the point to where like, man, I just sit there and like thought about everything. Like I'm fishing and I I knew I had like 19 to 20 pounds, and. I got my buddy Lance, Lance Pimble. I had him out there watching me. Funny story. He pulls up nine in the morning out there to me. He pulls up and I can hear this boat. He, he drops a bullet and it's coming around the corner fast. And I'm like, yeah, I know who this is. Cause he, we always made, we made a pack when we started fishing these. If anybody makes it a three, we have to go watch them fish all day. So he comes blowing in, listening to Trey Lewis I don't know if I'm allowed to say the name of the song. Uh, dig down. I yeah, know. go for yeah. it. Yeah, dig for yeah. it. He comes blowing in, and it's like literally nine on the dot. He comes blowing in, blaring that on the music on the, on the radio. Jumps up on the front deck, cracks open a natural light, and screams "Big Ken." <laughs> and I have one fish in the live well at this time, and I am like, I'm not even turn around at him. I just said, just waved my hand at him, and I'm like, "Is that God, all you did? It, it was just a wave of the hand. It was I was mad. You didn't like, give him the one finger, solo finger that's still <laughs> one finger peace sign. Yeah. 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 Well, I already had the camera guy mad at me because I wouldn't tell him where I was going. The camera guy was on a wild goose chase for the past, all three days, and he finally caught up to me because that made me mad because I didn't want pictures taken where I was. He finally called my co angler and was like, "Hey, you need to drop a pin where you guys are at. I need to come get some photos of you guys." Because I literally sat down off plane. I told him, I said, hey, I'm going to go this way when I come out of this canal. And so he hears me coming, and I'm coming down this canal running. 
and I already see him get up on plane and take off the way I told him, and I take off the other way. (laughs) (laughs) And he said something about it, too, and he's like, well, you know, I understand it. I told him, I said, man, I I live around here. Like, I don't want this spot, you know. Fishing is a secret, man. Same with hunting, man. You you don't tell your best buddies what you're catching them on. Like, (laughs) it, it was, that, that was the funniest part of the whole tournament, I guess. Other than that, it was all serious, but that was pretty cool to have him there. Cuss the camera guy trying to chase me down and he pulled up on me blaring that and drinking natural light at nine in the morning watching me. And after he pulled up, it was just like, I could relax. I don't know. It was weird, man. I, I, he pulled up and all of a sudden it was just like a light switch hit for me and I just went to fishing. Well, that's some moral support. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So I'll change it up. Yeah, a I was going to say, I can see it's, it's a big thing just having your boys there. Yeah. No. Like, you know, even if, if like going out solo hunting or like when I go out hunting with William, it's just a huge difference, you know, having some, knowing that somebody else is there with you. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, it's almost like, you have that little extra drive because you want to, you know, share that with him. Like, if you kill a big deer, you don't want to be alone. Yeah. You want to be like, dude, look at what I just killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to drag it by myself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's probably what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> That's heavy. Yeah. I'll change it up, man. What's your favorite bass recipe? Bass recipe? Fried. My man. Salt and pepper, and that's it. So I thought he fried, was going to yeah. say, I, I don't say, eat them, and I was going to have to throw them out of the say, podcast. Uh, yeah. I had told Jim that we were having you on. He's like, I hope he eats bass. Yeah. <laughs> I like them. I don't like the big ones. I like them like two to three pounds. Yeah, man. Yep. And then, of course, the hybrids are really good. I like them hybrids. Oh, those hybrids are good. Yeah. Now, we had a couple guys in here that, you know, big fishermen, and, uh, you know, they're really not eating the fish, and. And, and when I say this, don't take it wrong. It's like, I don't understand catch and release fishing. There's a, you know, catch. I know you have to. Oh, but, yeah. Well, you know. that, that's, that's like Jerry Clower said. He said, I catch them and I release them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <laughs> but it, it, I don't know. I, fishing came from a. a need to gather sustenance you know yeah but we we've turned it into same with with hunting but that's quite different you can't uh bring a live animal to a weigh-in when you're hunting because he's messing up my tan no yeah. it's perfect yeah. oh man yeah. those look good on you brother yeah, they are yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh but there is there is a lot of because fishing has become such a sport is it is a lot of catch and release but and I, I don't think that's a bad thing especially when you come to saltwater fishing man you know our, our redfish Those fisheries are in uh, yeah our redfish uh, fisheries are stretch, in yeah. it, redfish and snook they're they're under a lot of stress and yeah. we do need to release a lot of those fish and I, I i'm in the same boat you're in you know depending on where we're at we might keep one for three people in the yeah. boat bring it home and cook it up and have a have a meal out of it but there's no reason to keep those big breeder fish and, and yeah. stuff like that, you know, you take, take your little ones. And I mean, but there's also slot sizes for a reason. Yeah, exactly. I, I was yeah, going to say, I, 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 I do, I, I see where Jim's coming from. And like William said, it depends on where I'm fishing. Cause I have areas where I fish and I'll go fish all day and not keep a single fish. I don't know. I've I seen just the color of some of the lakes out there on the Harris chain. And I don't know if I'd, want to keep them out of that lake. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
It, dep- <laughs> it depends on you. Ask them old boys that are sitting at the dock at 12 o'clock at night. They're going to keep everything oh, they get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't see the color of the water then at 12 o'clock at night. <laughs> I look at it this way, man. If, if of all the things that could possibly go wrong, that in the end, if they're like, sir, I don't know what to tell you, but you have mercury poisoning. I would be like, so, yes. so hold on, hold on. I, I got one. We're, we're talking about the color of the lake, and right. So, from Lake County, have you honestly seen, with everything they say they're doing, have you honestly seen an improvement in the water? What do you mean by what they're doing? I mean, with because their whole, they, they have they the, uh, not, not so the spraying, I, not the spraying and stuff, okay. but they have the, uh, uh, up by the lock system. I can tell you that. Yeah. The, filter, we were, we the, filter yeah, the, the filter up there by the lock system. And have, I know when the filter's running by the locks, it's crystal clear. Have you been on Beauclair in the past two weeks? Yeah. No. yeah. I have that. Not. That is the clearest I've ever seen a lake. I mean, you can go out there. I mean, that's where it's two of the top, top ten guys, more than that, actually. I don't know how many actually were actually fishing out there to make that tournament. The water is clear. There's so much grass, and it's actually that eelgrass filters the water too. Yeah, people don't understand that that hydrilla and stuff like that filters the water. But that that lake right now, it's six foot down, and you can see bottom. Well, the canals, the canals clean too, and you get up. Oh yeah, yeah. I noticed that when we were putting. I was gonna say when when that filter because they don't always run that filter system up there. Yeah, when they are running it, the AB canal, it's damn near crystal clear. It looks like, and especially up by the locks, it looks like you're running through spring. It looks like a spring fed. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. being the old fella, remembering Lake Apopka in the late 1980s when it when it it was slimy green, and in the summer you'd pull up there and it stunk. Yeah. Right, so I mean, now you know if you, you you compare that whole, if you take it from a 1980s perspective, man, everything from Apopka down to Oklawaha is is in great shape compared to what it used to be. Yeah, I I won't even get into the the spraying aspect with you because that's that could, that could break open a wormhole that <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to get into. But uh, then uh, that, it's why we've been to those meetings. Yeah. Right, and you listen to the FWC people, and they're almost there with a with a resigned thing because some people are like, "You need to spray more," and then people are like, "You need to spray less." And then if you really listen to them, they're like, "We we can't beat the hydrilla, like it, yeah. we can't beat yeah. it. It's only it it's only management." I it goes. I can go fifty fifty with that. I mean, it's a half dozen one way, half dozen exactly. Yeah. Because the way I look at it, you mean a dozen one or the same thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what you mean. Doesn't matter. Confuse me. I, I mean, to me, you get a guy that finds them out there, right? Finds the bass and the hydrilla. They are gonna win everything. It changes the fishery up, honestly. When they go out there and you know, because they drop some pellets or something, and you should, I don't know. I, I guess I don't want to get all into it, but they, it changes the fishery in my my eyes. Like as fishing, I'm like, all right, this guy's won enough. Like. Let's change it up a little bit. Get rid of that grass. There's some more grass is going to pop up. Those fish are going to move to another place. You know? Yeah. So let me yeah. ask another question. <clears throat> you know you can go on FWC's website and pull up everywhere there's a fisher tractor? Yep. Does that help at all or no? Mm. I didn't think that, you is that, knew that. Is that <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows there. Is that a trade yeah. secret there? <laughs> I tell you what, I did get a uh, link years ago where – you know, they only do the updated ones. 
and I got a link years ago of where they'd planted all the old ones. Yeah. And they didn't help me one bit. <laughs> nope. And they didn't help me one bit. <laughs> it didn't track fish. No, no. All it did is I lost a couple lures. That's about it. Yeah. They weren't so, there. I mean, outside of tournament fishing, if you're not bass fishing, I mean, what you said, you like to get some hybrids. I mean, you ever go after a speck or anything like that? or If I'm not bass fishing, I'm deer hunting. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yep. I can... I can respect that. I literally had a lease in North Florida and had to move my lease to Georgia because the, you and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I shouldn't say a lease. My dad has property in North Florida, but I quit hunting it because I couldn't hunt the rut because it's deer in the spawn. So yeah. I had to like, that was when I was telling you like three, four years ago when I was like, all right, I got to pick one or the other. So I had to go ahead and move. I took all my hunting to Georgia because, you know, the rut is, you know, beginning of November and there's no tournaments going on around yeah. November other than what I just qualified for. So now, yeah. I have to, now I have to miss the rut. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he, then he, now he, you need to move to Alabama <laughs> yeah, with the ruts in February. Yeah. January, yeah. January, well, January, you February. just won a tournament in February. Yeah. I was like my North Florida, the biggest year I killed was like January 31st. And that was in North Florida, and they was chasing a doe. So I'm like, I don't know what to do now. Like, now it's in November, no, first week of November on my property. I've noticed the past two years that's when the ruts hit. Now I'll be in Missouri. Whereabouts are you in Georgia? Uh, Dodge County. Mm. I don't know where that is. It's like 50 minutes south of Macon. Okay, okay. yeah. On the North east side, east side of 75. That is a good area. So I I was just talking to Jay today about the rut up there at Piney Woods, and he was complaining about the weather, and it's on one day, off the next. I hit it just right this year up there. I, we, I didn't kill anything during the rut, but, man, I watched good small bucks every single set, like multiple ones pushing those through. It, I hit it just right this year. And it was the second week of November this year. Yeah. Yeah, Piney Woods is in, is in Eufaula, so their rut is like now. Last week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. weeks ago. We Actually, we go to Eufaula in May for up there fishing. That's the last tournament of the yeah, we were hoping series. We were hoping to get a piece of property on Lake Eufaula. I don't know if that's going to happen, but to, to start hunt. pushing that. Yeah. That'd be sweet, though, because you could go up there and hunt and fish or duck hunt if you're right there on the lake. I don't know how the, the duck hunting on Lake Eufaula works, but I could damn sure figure it out, I tell you that. <laughs> yeah. If you had the, the opportunity specs to up do there so. are huge. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Man, we went to go get on some speck last weekend, and I don't know a damn thing about speck fishing, but the dang red-breasted sunfish tore them up. Like, no tomorrow. Throwing beetle spins. Throwing beetle spins. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it was. We I idled I was idling up the river and my boat idles now, but it idles pretty fast. Because I turned the idle up. Idles and idle. Yeah. And uh dang Easton and Josh, the guy that were on the boat with me, were I mean, just throwing and like throwing out and then the boat would pull it and they were yanking fishing left and right. The whole time I'm idling up the river, I'm like, listen, y'all gotta stop because I'll <laughs> I want to catch something, too. So, so wait till I, we get to where we're going to stop and float down river. What were we doing last weekend instead of fishing? Putting, putting that wood Oh, that's right. It was yeah, a wood duck, boxes, wood duck yeah, box right. build day. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. filmed that whole fishing trip, too, though. So. Yeah. Well, when it makes a YouTube video. Anyway, I got so I've got a 
I got a six year old man, and that kid is ate up with fishing. And I love it for him, but I hate it for him because I am not a fisherman. <laughs> Uh, but he, you know, you would think you put him in a John boat, you think you would fishing with Bill Dance. Yeah. All right. He's been fishing with me since he was probably three years old. And at that point, I mean, he would, he could cast a fishing pole before he could walk. Yeah. Because I could sit him in a chair and have him cast, keep him entertained for hours. Put him in the John boat. And, uh, I'm like, Hey bud, Hey, cast up against some lily pads. Let your worm sit over there. There ain't no fish over there, Dad. Wing out the other side. I'm like, okay, do what you want to do. Uh, but it all happened because I took him to a stock catfish pond that a friend of ours owned. We lived in Georgia, and he caught just you know four or five pound catfish, and we brought them home and cooked them. And you, when he hooked into a four pound catfish, you'd have thought the the his the way his eyeballs were on his face. You thought he had Moby Dick on the end of that line. Yeah. What, you're talking about a 50-pound kid and a 5-pound fish? That's <laughs> yeah, a tenth yeah. of his size. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't even 50 pounds in. He was, he was three, so he was probably, his, sister had, his, his sister was literally days old when we fished that. So he was probably maybe 30 pounds at best. Yeah, it's like you catching marlin, man. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, we took him home and cooked him, and then I took him out fishing, and we didn't catch squat. And he's like, well, Dad, well, if we didn't catch fish, what are we going to eat for dinner? <laughs> I'm like, but I got deer meat. We'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> but that kid will sit in the same spot all day and fish and fish and fish. I'm like, hey, bud, let's try and go somewhere else. No, there's fish over here. I'm like, hey. I was going to say, I know he loved to fish enough that they took him out to the Long and Scott Pond. And he was taking fish off. Oh, that was that was yeah. great. So we took about, it. Are there the the sod farm? Yeah, yeah. they got uh, that little stock pond with kids and everything. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I just remember it's the, where they do the corn maze. The, they grow all the sweet corn and everything. Jones Avenue. Where yeah. Jones yeah, Avenue I comes was thinking the one that's Tula. right up because, uh, the, the, the dike between the Apopka Beauclair Canal. and well, that's, that's Lake Jim Sod. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what so, I was thinking. Uh, at Long and Scott, they have a little stock pond. You can pay like $3 and get a bunch of some cut hot dogs to fish for bluegill in their little stock pond. Yeah, He's over there, and mind you, at this time, he's probably four or five years old. He's He takes his own fish off the hook. Now he now he to the point where he baits his own hook. He did, it's all that's all him. Don't touch it. He does what yeah. he does. He he does, he's his own man. He'll get upset if you try to help him. But <laughs> he uh, he's out there and he's there's a grown man to my left, and he's like he's pulling fish out with his little girl and he's waiting for the lady who's selling the hot dogs to come take the fish off. So my son takes his fish off and says, "Hey, go take his fish off and look for him." He walks over and he just whoop, just little get the seed down the yeah, fence, pulls yeah. off those back ends. That's how you do it, and then right back to what he's doing <laughs> over here. <laughs> Man, so every now and again we we'll go like in Alaska or something. You go on some guided, you know, fishing trip or whatnot, and one of the things that drives me nuts is those guys. And I know they're working for tips and all, but they like insist on wanting to bait your hook, and it drives me bananas. I'm like. Just, just drop off a pile of stuff. I have a knife. I, I got this. <laughs> like, it's already bad enough. I'm on somebody else's boat. You're not baiting my hook. You know, it's, it's like, like we're with Captain McNutt. Like, back up. I got exactly. This. Like, no, Captain McNutt already knew. He's like, listen, there's a bunch of stuff over there cut up. Y'all have at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who's the big fella? Like, that was his mate, Murray. 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 Murray, yeah. Murray, Murray. After a little while, like you know, he, he he seemed very happy to be like, "I'm glad I don't have to do this." I'm S- sit down, Murray. Yeah. 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 I was so, like, dude, take it easy. Yeah. Like, you, you, you look, you keep me stocked, and I'll keep fishing. Okay, that's so, all I need. 
Well, we were slaying them too, man. If yeah. we were sitting there waiting for Murray to bait everybody's hook, it was slowing down production. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so we're kind of talking about emotions here. I mean, it had to have been just a complete roller coaster of emotions when you finally realized that you were in first place. Man, it honestly didn't hit me till <clears throat> Saturday night, Sunday morning. Did they give you a giant cardboard check? No, I wanted. You didn't one, get a though. giant cardboard <laughs> check. Like Happy yeah. Gilmore. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> the co-angler got a giant cardboard thing saying what? that you want a boat. Yeah. No. Nope. No got, giant cardboard check. No, I was. Really we supposed to put that. on the wall. I got a. I mean, a trophy, but. Oh, that's not as good as the giant no, cardboard the, check. Yeah, I wanted the. Ch- I wanted the big check. <laughs> Take the money. Give me the check. Give me the big check. <laughs> Yeah, that it didn't hit me well. I know, you know, of course, me and all the the buddies went out Friday night, so I really didn't know. You bought the beer? Actually, no. <laughs> I, made, I made out good that day. I was day. gonna say. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I, that's almost better than a birthday, right there, son. I mean, if if you win in that tournament, they better be buying your beer. Yeah. Speaking uh, speaking of birthdays, by the way, I don't know we covered this, but happy birthday, Jordan! Today, yeah, yeah, yeah man, happy birthday, his birthday. Yeah, yeah. he's twenty eight. Yeah. Nothing monumental. Going on nine. Yeah. Yep. But sorry, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Big cardboard check. Yeah. Nobody bought so, his beer. Yeah. He, nobody. Well, he had his beer bought for him tonight. Yes. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so it didn't hit you till after. But so I kind of want to get into what is your worst fishing story? Uh, it'd probably be last year on Lake Okeechobee. In the first Toyota series last year, uh, day two, day one, it was the whole tournament, I should say. I shouldn't say the day. Day one, I my trolling motor broke, and then that, that kind of summed it up for day one. Day two, dude, my co-angler whooped my butt. I mean, I couldn't catch a fish to save my life. Every fish I came had hooked into came off, and he's back there just three-pounder, three-pounder, three-pounder. He's like, I need a big one. I'm like, I just want five. I never <laughs> even had five fish that day. That that one really hurt me. It, it hurt me bad because he he literally caught three limits in the back of the boat, and that day I didn't catch one limit. We all fishing the same thing? or? Well, I threw out there and missed one on an Alabama rig. I was throwing an Alabama rig, and he's like, I'm from Tennessee. I ain't never thrown an Alabama rig in Okeechobee. He's like, I, I hate these things. And he goes back there, and he ties one on, and he literally went to whooping my butt with it, dude. He he knew what he was doing with it. And I opened up a whole can of worms in the back of the boat, I guess. <laughs> 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 and I'm like, back there, like, what are you doing different? And I'm like, in the corner of my eye, watching like how fast he's reeling, see what he's doing. And he just knew exactly how to do it, and he found his zone where he was catching them. Uh, nothing I could do. Jeez. Yeah, that, that, one, that one hurt. What's what's probably your your funniest? Mm. Uh, man, we were out there. We actually, I think me and me and Lance were doing a team tournament one time, and we fishing offshore. It's the middle of summer out there on the Harris Chain. We pull up to a spot offshore, and there's this pontoon boat sitting right on my waypoint, and I'm like what the heck man what are you doing and 
there are two people skinny dipping. It's like <laughs> <laughs> now we got podcasts back to back with naked people. All right, go ahead. It's yeah. like two in the afternoon, middle of the Harris chain. Like there's boats everywhere on a July day. Like and like this dude, this girl, like they're older, of course. They the girl climbs up in the pontoon boat, and I see her like crawling, and I'm like hitting my buddy on the shoulder, like dude, and like we're like trying to get ease our way up there nicely to my waypoint and then the boat turns because of the wind and this dude is on a raft and he flips over bare ass everywhere and i'm just like oh but my naked oh, <laughs> hey we ended up catching an eight pounder off that, that dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. they said that worm's a lot better than the last one <laughs> yeah. oh man that that one man we talked about it for a while that's man that kind of circles me back to that time i went dang fishing with one of my buddies i had fished a new spot and he's like listen we need to go to this beach over here i'm like yeah all right cool let's go over there well he didn't tell me that the beach he was taking me to it was like a, a prank he's like he didn't tell me the beach he was taking me to it was a nude beach <laughs> so we, yeah we parked the boat and crossed the road we're walking i'm like that dude right there's got some dang Skin like, colored. Skin, yeah, he's got skin colored shorts on. That's weird. And he's like uh, surf fishing, and he bends down to get something out of his tackle box, and I'm like, "That's his nutsack. He is not. <laughs> he is not wearing skin colored shorts." And then after I saw him, I get to look around. I'm like, "I gotta get the hell off this beach. There's a bunch of naked dudes. <laughs> the wiener everywhere, dude. I didn't." I sat down to pee for a week so I didn't have to touch myself after that. That was awful. I would ask you your best, but I feel like... Probably you, just heard yeah, it. You may have just had your best. Yeah, that, that was probably my best, yep. The best yet. Hopefully you can Hopefully. keep, up, keep yeah. up the... Keep winning them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping it goes for the, like five years from now or like... Know that fellow? It's all over the television, driving their extra new sparkly boats with all kinds of stickers on them. Yeah. We had him in the show. We knew him when. The new styles, like Matt, Matt Black. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. But yeah. bass fishermen seem to get a little tweaked when you keep so, talking about the hey, sparkly boats. That sparkly. I know a lot of guys that get those sparkly boats, and when they order them, they don't want zero sparkle uh, sparkles in it because that adds like twenty to thirty more pounds to weight of the boat. Really? 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 Yeah. Yep, when you get the the sparkle in your boat, if you can lose a lot of weight if you order it and get no sparkle, now, so they get a little more speed. Hot tip now. <laughs> Dang, what are we supposed to call bass boats? Dude, I always figured that was left over from the seventies, man. Like I don't just when I was a kid, that's all you saw was sparkly boats. I thought and they were never went away. I yeah. see one now, and I'm like, <clears throat> I just don't get it. Yeah, you look, like it. you look at a lot of bullets, you notice they're not sparkly. Yeah, none of those dang like high speed boats are. I had to wait. Which which yeah. which bass boat is the fastest? An Allison probably. Like you, a true one that's technically like considered a bass boat, they have an Allison bass boat. But Even of course, those, you know you got people that soup motors up and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. I mean Jordan only has a thirty five on the back of his mud boat. Yeah, yeah, it's I've, pushing like seventy five <clears throat> horsepower. That yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's I forget. Saying. What brand of boat that Jay Platt's father had, but it was similar to like the G3s, the track or whatever, but his father put a 250 on that thing. So when he would run it 
balls out on the St. John's River. I had to get all the way up on the front to hold the nose down. And when I mean up on the front, I don't mean sitting on the front. I mean sitting on the nose with my legs dangling off the front. <laughs> and we, but That's when you scary. sat up there, it was like you were literally flying. You could hardly hear the motor. All the water hiss was like 10 feet behind you. And when you're zipping down the St. John's River, everybody was looking at you like, like yeah. you knew. They were like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> I keep telling them, I was like, I'm going to sell my mud butter and stick a 90 horse two stroke on it. And that thing ought to rip. And everybody's like, don't get rid of your mud butter. I'm like, yes, but I could probably get 60 out of that mud boat. God. Yeah. With a 90 horse? That's yeah. different. I mean, I got a steering wheel. Are you talking about like a tiller? Tiller hand. Tiller, yeah, no. Nah. Put that 200 tiller on the back, baby. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I thought about a 150, but it's too heavy. And the 90 is actually lighter than my mud motor. Yeah. So. Well, your your boat's how wide? Rip. 44 inches. Yeah. I'm running 1860 at 40. And yours yeah. is 17? It, yeah. It's 17 without the hunt deck. So it's 19 and some change with the hunt deck. Yeah, but it's narrower. And you've got a prow on it too, right? I or is what? it flat? Is it a flat front? I forget. How, how's, is your front of your boat flat, flat like a John boat? It's oh, okay. completely flat. Yeah. yeah. I'll bet you still rip though. Yeah. 60 might be a little I, I say he's, Maybe I've, I've, I've seen I, that. I've seen, I have seen that mud boat do with me, Briar, my dad, and Jordan in it do 31 miles an hour. In deep across, water. Yeah. I've personally seen by myself in the boat, I've seen 45. Will those mud oh, boats run faster like an airboat in shallower water? Yeah. Will they? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, it's pretty much any other boat. The longer the boat, so if you if that motor was on like a 14 foot boat, it would be slower. Yeah. So because my boat's long and skinny, it's faster. Yeah. Yep. A little so, bit narrower. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we're wrapping down the end of it now. Yeah, we are. We're yeah. at the end. You guys got any closing thoughts? Oh. Keep your lucky hat handy. Buy crawfish tickets. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So we still gotta sell a bunch of those. What do what do we gotta do to get you well one, obviously you gotta be at the crawfish boil. In May. May 20th. May 20th, I'll be in Ufala. <sighs> He's fishing another tournament. That's yep. a decent excuse. Yep. What What about What about May uh, 3rd to the 7th? Oh, I'll probably try to be in Ufala still. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get you on the Swanee River. I'll, everything after May 20th, I, I'll be free to go. we got to get you on the Swanee River, man. That is the fishing expedition. I know. That looks fun. I, I've seen y'all. You, you catch yeah. the Swanee bass. Yeah. That's a fun one to catch. All, all eight and a half ounces of it. Yeah, they're not very big. <laughs> they almost look like a smallmouth bass, but <clears throat> the Swanee bass and dang, a bunch of bluegill sunfish. I still want to get on a sturgeon. Yeah, that would Boy, be Well, you'd cool. be tough that for that one. Cool. <laughs> but those suckers, that is something to see. I was talking to somebody about that today, and the fish, the, the sturgeon, just come up, this, this four or five-foot fish, make it four to five feet out of the water and just – Hold the suspend in midair for a oh, second. So I, I didn't I've believe Jim one. the yeah. first year when Jim's like, they literally levitate. And then you see him in person, you're like, that fish is levitating. They do. They defy gravity, man. And when they come up, and they don't seem to give a damn because they'll come up 18 inches from your boat where all of a sudden it's like right by your head. Just waka, 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 waka. Dude, when we, when we skipped that last <clears throat> camp the last night and moved another five miles down river and stayed on the bank the entire night, it sounded like somebody was shooting 22s. Smacking the water all night long. They had a girl get killed by one a couple of years ago. They're zipping down the river, you know, with a, with under power and 
one came up right in front of the boat. Oh, I don't doubt her. it. I don't doubt it. That, that that's not an uncommon thing. I, those fish are huge. Yeah. And if you hit that sucker with any kind of speed, you imagine getting one on the hook though. I'm oh. sure they put a fight up. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that used to be a that used to be a prize fish for anglers because they're, they're I guess they're really hard to catch because I guess they just I guess they they pick up small muscles. And yeah, stuff so they don't off think the they bottom. eat much. Like they don't eat like your typical like you would think you'd put like a minnow or something down there. No, but I understand that back in the day they ate very well. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. but I don't know. Can't eat them now. Too you know they just they're protected. Legally, they, killed, they they ruined all the rivers, man. They put dams across all of them, and that's why they're on the Swanee. It's like the last wild river in the South. There's a few other places, but they would wash up at Cape Sandblast not too long ago. That's all that. Yeah, you got to have that free flowing river for them to spawn. It's a lot like salmon and shoals. They got to yeah. have the limestone shoals. There's a lot of those. Yeah, man. Well, you guys, I'm just gonna say, don't gotta give get... up, man. Yep. But do you need a mud motor? Do I need one? Yeah, 25-horsepower mud motor. I don't know where to put it in It's one. a 23. 23. All right, 23-horsepower mud motor. Yeah, listen, you don't have to be there to win the motor. Very true. <clears throat> Money goes to, to a good call. Yeah. 50 bucks a ticket. You need at least 50 tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, don't look. Let me scroll back and look at his winnings. Don't act like you ain't got the money to buy. If you think, right. <laughs> hey, hey, that hundred k was already spent, man. Yeah, I don't it's doubt. gone. He's, he's tournament fishing. It's Friday gone. night. <laughs> <laughs> they said don't spend it all in one place, and he went to the boat. The boat crazy eights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh. Man, I, I thank you for joining us, man. It, it's been a great time talking to you. And uh, no, I appreciate you guys having me, man. It's, yeah, man. How how fun. can how can our listeners find you and follow you through your your tour here? We want to see you one again. Just Kenny Steverson Instagram, Kenny Steverson Fishing, and uh, Kenny Steverson on Facebook. That is where I I try my hardest. I'm not the best at it, but I try to let everybody know where I'm at, what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, so if you man. want to Google him, I, I Googled it earlier to have it up on the screen. There's like 9,000 links right now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Kenny with an I-E, not a Y. K-E-N-N-I-E. Well, that that's, uh, yeah. I, I think Trust that's pretty, me, I get it all the time. That's a pretty important distinction. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to find you on Instagram. But, all right, well, we'll catch you guys next week. Kenny, thank you for joining us. Thank you all, man. Good show. Yeah, adios. <laughs>